It's good to be in the Lord's house today and to see you here this morning. I'm so thankful this, this section right here was a little weak last week, but I'm thankful that it's filling back up in Jesus' name. Amen. Aren't you glad to have Lonnie and Diana Hurt back? Amen. It's good to see them in the Lord's house today. They've been, uh, they've been wintering in Florida for a, for a few months, and uh, they just couldn't stand it any longer. They had to get back to church and back to the Lord's house. So good to see you all today, and I'm glad you're feeling great, Lonnie. I really am. My friend Sean snuck in on the back. He's sitting on the back row back there right behind Felicia. He got here about choir practice this morning. He's been singing along with us. And uh, it's my first time to meet Sean, but I am honored to meet you today. Thank you for being with us this morning, Sean. Will you give him a good greeting? Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, God is good indeed. Indeed he is. Amen. Listen, just a couple of things that I want to mention to you very quickly, and then I'm going to get into the message this morning. Uh, I'm going to start at Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 18, if you want to turn there. Uh, but don't forget, next week will be an awesome opportunity for, for you to invite someone to come and visit with you. We have a group of singers, a family, that is coming to minister in song next week. The Kaufman family from Danville, Kentucky. Uh, they they um, are a family that's been with us before, and we enjoyed them very much. And I know that you will enjoy their ministry next week. We're going to give our singers a week off. Man, didn't they do great today? I'm telling you, they did an awesome job this morning. I got tickled at my wife this week because uh, they, they, that was a new song, the one that Shannon did this morning. Well, she just blew it up, didn't she? And, and Grant back there, I'm telling you, just a super job. He, he, he did that little growl in his voice this morning, and I heard him during rehearsal, and I was like, wow, I, I, Grant's growling. I like it. I like it. And it sounded so good, and it just moved my soul this morning. Made me want to worship the Lord. Made me play better, I think. Made me sing better. Makes me look better. Amen. And no, I didn't do that. But anyway, there's such a, a dedicated group of people. But my wife sent out the, the email this week or the note this week that said, uh, we're going to sing these three songs. And if we can't get those, we're going to sing these three songs. And if we can't get those, we're going to do these three songs. So we got option one, option two, option three. Everybody got here today, and it's like, what option are we going to do? And she said, well, let's start with option one. If we don't get it, we'll start moving down through the other options. I'm proud to announce today that they knocked option one right out of the ballpark and did a super job this morning. But we're going to give them a little break next week, and uh, we're going to have the Kaufmans come and sing with us and worship with us. Uh, this is not the Louisville Kaufmans that I know many of you know, but this is the Danville Kaufmans. Uh, they sing all over the country, and it's the southern gospel style of music, and I know you're going to enjoy them. So please invite someone to come. Just go ahead and tell them. Say, look, my pastor won't be preaching next week, so you won't have to bear that burden. Just come for the singing, and we will worship together and honor the Lord. It's going to be a great day next week. And I know, 
I know that you will enjoy being a part of that. All right, if you have your Bibles, uh, turn to Psalm chapter 29, and uh, we're going to talk this morning on a subject that I have entitled Recalculating. How many of you have ever had a GPS tell you that they're going to recalculate your route? Anybody? I have to tell you, there are times I'd like to lay hands on that lady. In fact, she got on my nerves so bad one day, I just changed her and got her out of my, my phone and put a British man in there. I don't like him some days either. But you know the concept behind recalculating. You set your destination and you put it in there and it says something to the effect of begin your route and you just start following the instructions and it will take you from point A to point B. But if you're like me and you're a little bit stubborn, every now and then you'll miss a turn or you'll miss a turn on purpose or you'll start trying to drive by memory or where you think you ought to be and, and that lady or that, that man will have to step up and say, excuse me, recalculating. Sometimes it'll say, go down to the next corner and do a U-turn, turn around, go back. Sometimes it'll say, turn right and come around the block. Sometimes left, sometimes it just gives up in total frustration because it knows that you're not listening anyway. Recalculating. I'd like to say that at this point in my life that I'm at a place where I don't have to rethink anything at all. I've got my systems down. I've got my routines down. I've got my house fixed up the way I want it to be. I'm just, you know, everything is the way that I want it to be, and it should stay that way forever. Did you ever feel that way? But how many of you know that that is not realistic, that there are times and seasons in life when we have to recalculate our goals and recalculate our plans? And Proverbs chapter 29 gives us a warning and the warning is this, when we start trying to recalculate our lives, the one thing that is absolutely important is a vision. You have to know where you're going next or you're going to wind up getting lost. And that passage of scripture says, where there is no vision, the people perish. In other words, death comes to those, and I'm not talking about physical death necessarily, but I'm talking about spiritual death, real life. If we don't know where we're going and what we're doing, it's very hard for us to achieve what God has for us. Now, I, you know, this has been a rough week if you're a basketball fan. You know, Kentucky's back on the couch. Somebody said it today. Kentucky took their place on the couch today with UI and UofL. So everything in Kentucky, I think, did, did what was it, the one, there's one team left? But everybody else sitting on the couch just waiting till next year because it, it's been a, what's that? Thank you very much. You're right. Women are still going strong. Hallelujah. Thank God for women. Amen. I, I, I remember when I was 16, I said, thank God for girls, amen. <laughs> thank God for that. But the men's teams, they're sitting on the couch, they're just kind of waiting, and they're just wondering what the future's going to look like. 
This week has been a good week if you're a U of L fan. Because just a few days ago, a man by the name of Kenny Payne stepped off of an airplane and said, I've taken this job, not for me, but I've taken this job for the city of Louisville, for the university, for you. You're the reason that I'm here. Now, I, I admit it remains to be seen what will come. But one of the things that he said in some of his interviews caught my attention because he talked about how that the University of Louisville has been in a rough spot for the last two or three years. And part of the reason that is there right now is because of a lack of integrity, because character flew out the window. And one of the first things that Kenny Payne is going to have to do at the U of L is he is going to have to reestablish purity. He's going to have to reestablish integrity, and he's going to have a hard job doing it. Kind of reminded me of what the Lord spoke to me a little over 11 years ago, almost 12 years ago now, when we came to Louisville and the Lord said to me, the first thing that you will have to do here is you will have to reestablish purity. Before you pray, before you read the Word of God, before you praise, before people can come and find their place in your church, the first thing you've got to do is reestablish purity. And that's what Kenny Payne is going to have to do. He's going to reestablish a sense of character and integrity. Now, I'm just using this as an example because here's what I want to say to you. We are at a place in our church, in the history of our church now, where we are going to have to reestablish some of the foundations that we started on almost 12 years ago. I'll be honest with you, the last couple of years have just been horrible. Not just for our church, but for churches all over the United States and all over the world. The devil took his best shot, didn't he? Trying to shut churches down and close churches down and to keep us from doing what God has called us to do. He gave it his best. But you'd think the devil would know by now that his best is never good enough because he is always against Jesus and his church, and we have all power and authority to overcome him in every way at all times, and we will if we stand true to God's Word and His Spirit. And so as I speak to you this morning, I have to say to you that I believe that I know where we are as a church. I know where we are as the church. I know where we're at. And I know what we're going to have to do in order to reestablish the strength that we have walked in for quite some time. I went through some of my notes from 11 years ago, and, and I wrote these words to you, Facebook. I said, I think I've come to the conclusion that I do know where we need to go, but I'm not sure that we're going to like it. Why? Because it won't feel exciting. It doesn't feel spiritual. 
it feels like revisiting things that have already been, already been paid for, already been done, but we have to repeat the works that we have already done in the past. I wrote those words to you. I don't know if you remember that or not. It was very early in the game. I went on to say that I'm going to be asking you to do some things that are totally and completely out of your comfort zone. I'm going to ask some of you to be teaching when you don't feel like you want to teach. I'm going to ask some of you to sing when you don't feel like singing. I'm going to ask some of you to do service and, and through our, our church, and, and you may not feel like it. And I'm going to have to ask you to give money to pay for stuff that you've already paid for in the past. And we have a couple of options. We can either do that and be restored, or we can refuse to do that and just live the rest of our lives angry. Do you know what happened 11 years ago? You decided that it was well worth the price that we would have to pay in order to reestablish what God has raised up right here in our community. And I just want you to know that we're right back where we were 11 years ago. Different circumstances, different situations. But church, I want you to know it's time for us to roll up our sleeves because COVID took its best shot at us, but it cannot win. The devil has taken its best shot at us, and it cannot win because we have the power of the Spirit of God living and dwelling within us. So we enter into a new season where we've got to remember and revisit some of the things that God spoke to us so many years ago. Now here's what's interesting. Sometimes we think that God changed his mind. They say, well, I didn't really mean for you to do that 11 years ago. I really want you to do this instead. But God is all-powerful and all-seeing. The Scripture teaches us that He is able to see the end from the beginning. God doesn't give something and then say, Oops, I take that back. I messed up. I, I didn't see what was going I didn't know COVID was going to come. If you think that God did not know that these last two years was going to happen, then your theology is seriously messed up. God knows all things, and he knows the timing of everything. And so when he gives you a word, then you've got to hold on to that word, and you've got to believe that if God said it, that settles it. It's over. We can trust that it will be true and that it will happen. And so I want to remind you today that there are some things that we need to remember. And the first thing that we've got to remember is that the Holy Spirit told us to create a mindset of expecting the best at all times. Now, some of you have been around long enough that you know this, but some of you are new to this church. Some of you have just started. I want you to know what we're about. We're about being a people who believe that what God says is true and good and can happen when we take it and believe it. Our mindset should not be one to simply survive, but God has called us to thrive and overcome and conquer and expand as he gives us the answers that we need. John chapter 10, verse 10 says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill 
and to destroy. But I have come so that you might have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Oh, I like that more abundantly stuff, don't you? I, God doesn't, he, want, he doesn't want us just dragging around, barely making it. He doesn't want us to just feel like that I've done the best that I can and my best not good enough. And I don't know, I need to drown my sorrows and just, I'll get up in the morning, but I'm not going to be happy about it. I, I, I'm going to drink coffee, but I don't think coffee is going to help me for this. I, I just don't know if I'm going to make it or not. And the more we talk about it, and the more that we think about how bad things are, the worse things get. But listen, God did not anoint us to point out to everybody how bad everything is, but he anointed us to tell everybody how good Jesus is and how good the gospel is in our lives. God is good all the time, and God is good. Boy, that's an old one, isn't it? Uh, we've got to reestablish the fact that God's good. He hadn't lost a battle. He's not ever going to lose a battle. He wins every time. And if we're on his side, that means we're winners all the time. If God is for us, who can be against us? Amen? And we've got to start speaking that from our mouth because you've heard me say this before. Your ears hear everything that your mouth says. And the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. So it's your choice. You can either stand up every morning and say, well, is me for I am undone I don't know if I'm gonna make it today or not gee my back sure does hurt and my head hurts I got a migraine today I want somebody to please help me I'm sick I'm about to throw up right now I I'm honest I don't know if I'm gonna make it till lunchtime if I and I, I our ears hear every bit of that and our ears start saying you know I didn't feel nauseated but now I'm starting to feel a little nauseated I might just have to go ahead and puke right now in the name of Jesus. I don't know. We just start talking ourselves into defeat, but church, from this day forward, we've got to look to the future and start saying the future is bright. If God saved us from COVID, and he did, most of us, and even those who may have died, if they were in Christ, they went into the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. They did not lose. They, went, they won in Jesus' name. And we've got to start speaking the truth, and we've got to start speaking peace and speaking good things. We've got to start agreeing with God. Can you imagine if God just started listening to you some days and said, oh, you, you're not doing good? You're not doing all right? Well, you're right. You're pretty sad. You're, you're just a bad excuse for a child of God. I don't know if you're going to make it through the day today or not. You want me to just go ahead and kill you and get over with? My wife said that to me one day. When we, I mean, we hadn't been married very long. And I was down and out and discouraged and frustrated. And she said, my Lord, Rob, she said, you look at you act like you're about half dead now. She said, why don't you go ahead and kill yourself and get it over with? <laughs> She's always been such an encouragement to me. I think sometimes we think, God, God, just go ahead and take me now. I don't think I'm going to make it. I just can't do it. I just can't. No. 
No, let's agree with God. Let's say what he says. Let's be who he says we are. We are victors in Jesus' name. Let's declare it. So I don't know if my family's going to make it or not. Well, they might not if you speak like that. Well, why don't you just claim your family in Jesus' name? Why don't you just walk away? You don't have to have these post-its in your hand. Just start calling their name every day and declaring that they are going to be saved in Jesus' name, that the Lord is going to bring them into the kingdom of God. Start speaking faith in Jesus' name. What about your job? Oh, I hate my job. I read an article this week that all of those who quit the great resignation, they quit their jobs and they took jobs that paid them more money. About 70% of those people who left their job to get more money are absolutely miserable at their new job because they hate what they're doing more than they hated what they had before. Sometimes we take things into our own hands and say, I think I'm just going to change things up right now. God didn't tell me to do it, but I think I'll just do it any old way. Why don't we just ask God to have lordship over that area of our life? And say, Lord, I'll work wherever you want me to work. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'm not worried about so much money because I'm a tither. And I know that when I'm a tither, I'm going to be blessed of God. Because you said in your word, if I bring all the tithe into the storehouse, that you would pour out blessings out of the windows of heaven and you will bless me beyond measure. I won't even be able to contain it all. Why don't we start saying things like that instead of I'm so broke I can't hardly buy a piece of baloney but start agreeing with God finances children health I just feel so sick and down and out and all that hey he's our healer is he not he heals all the time doesn't he he said I don't know he hadn't healed me yet he will He'll either heal your body while you're on this earth or he will translate you out of this earth uh, into heaven where there will always be perfect healing. No tears shed, no sickness there. He is our healer. And we got to start talking about the future of our church. Where are we going? What are we going to be doing? How are we going to do it? How are we going to accomplish it? I don't know. We were talking in the elders meeting the other day. We're getting to the place we're just about running out of room for our school and for our child care center. It's one of the most effective ministries that we have in our church. And I tell you, people are coming in and families are being blessed and children are being taught about Jesus. And we're just talking about what are we going to do? We got another year or two and we're going to run out of room. And then we got to send kids to another Christian school or to somewhere else because we're running out of room. But let me tell you something. Our God is big enough that he can provide whatever we have need of in order to accomplish what he has called us to do. I'm excited about the future. You talk about spirit life. I I don't want you being like Sister So-and-so up in Galesburg, Illinois, who stood out on the corner with a basket and begging that people would give to our church because we can't hardly keep the doors open. I said, look, we ain't going to do that around here. I've been doing it for years. I said, you didn't understand me. We ain't going to be begging the world to sustain God's church. We don't need the world to sustain God's church because God will sustain his church and his people. 
When you talk about Spirit Life Church, I want you to say, man, it's one of the best churches in Louisville. It may not be the best. We may not have the best music, although we like it a whole lot. We may not have the best teaching, but we like it a whole lot. We may not have the best preacher, but we've got good preaching and teaching. I want you to come to the church because it is one of the greatest blessings in my life, and I would love it and be honored if you would come and go to church with me. I would invite a few people, but what if we start speaking in tongues and shouting and having those Holy Ghost hoedowns? Let me tell you something. I'm not ashamed of the Spirit of God. I'm not ashamed of what God wants to do in and among His people. I am not ashamed of the gospel. Amen. I love Him, and I'm ready for anything He's at, so expect the best. Turn to your neighbor and say, expect the best, expect the best. Say, he's been saying it for 11 years. Why don't we start doing it now? Why don't we revisit that in our lives and start expecting the best instead of expecting the worst? Do you know what's next? It's time for us to explore our faith. It's time for us to grow up in the Lord. I hope that after two years of the COVID chaos that you are stronger spiritually today than you've ever been before. I hope that you didn't let what we've just come through destroy your faith and make you weak and make you start thinking, oh, well, you know, maybe God just punishing up us and he's just getting up all over us. And, you know, I, I don't know. No, no, no. These last two years were, were created and given to us so that we could mature in our faith, so that we could explore our faith. Let me tell you something. I love you. You know that, right? Some of you aren't any more mature 11 years later than you were when I first got here and that ain't my fault and it's not the word's fault and it's not God's fault it's your fault because you've got to make up your mind that you're going to read the word and you're going to pray and you're going to seek God and you're going to become a worshiper and you're going to be an overcomer in Jesus name listen God will take you any way you come but he will not leave you that way. He didn't come for you to be comfortable. He came for you to be conformable to who he is. And he'll grow you up. If you, I love you. I ain't mad at you. I'm just saying you could live better than you're living, some of you. Some of you could have greater blessings than, than what you're having right now. If you just trust the Lord and believe him for the answers. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You know what that means? That means that if we have studied and prepared ourselves in the word of God, there's not a situation that we will ever face where we cannot point to the word and say, devil, this is what God says about that. I'm not afraid of you. I'm not concerned about what you think you can do because God has already covered that in his word. I know it. I've got it in my spirit. And I know that I can overcome you with this word right here. You're gone because of Jesus Christ. Study. Now, I looked at this word study, and you know what it means? It literally means to have an internship. It, it, it's like a doctor 
before they are able to just be a doctor on their own, they not only have to take classes in classrooms, but they have to do internships. They have to walk beside other doctors and other people. They have to learn with hands-on. Well, that's kind of scary to think that somebody who's putting their hands on me might be an intern. I want the real thing, don't you? But those interns can't become the real thing until they have interned under the real thing. <laughs> and what God is saying is, is that I have for you a, a place where if you will study and intern with my word, there will never be a situation that you'll be unprepared for because you'll know what the word of God has to say. My wife and I have been watching this show on television. It's on uh, what is it? Roku free channels is what it is. And we've been watching, it's called Coach. I don't know if you've ever seen it or not. But it's about this guy that has, uh, he's the coach of the Minnesota football team. And, and he's, <laughs> she's seen it. <laughs> and, and, and he's got a couple of coaches. One of them is Luther. How many of you have ever seen Luth? Luther? And one of them's name's Dauber. And so, and so Coach and, and Luther and Dauber, they, they lead this team. And in one particular episode, they win the national championship. It, it's false. They didn't. But, you know, it's TV. So you can do anything you want to in TV. So after they win the national uh, title, then uh, uh, the, the president of another college comes and he says to Coach, he says, I want to hire Luther to be our next head coach. I don't know if you've ever seen this one or not, but it's funny. And Luther says, oh, I don't know if I can do that or not, you know. And, and of course, Coach says, he, he knows he's not a head coach. He knows that he's not. He's a good defensive coordinator, but he's not a coach. He didn't know what he was or who he was, but he took the job anyway. And the name of the episode is One Day of Being a Coach. He went to the new job, and he's there, and he meets his team for the first time, and he's motivating them. We're going to win. We're going to go. You're going to come together. This is going to be the best thing ever. We're going to, and at the end, they're all rah rah in the room, and he said, hey, let's go to lunch. He said, it'll be my treat. I'll buy. So he takes them to lunch, and the very next day, they come in and they say, you've been here one day and you've already put us in a position where we're going to have sanctions put against our school because you paid for the food of these football players. That's illegal and you can't do that. And Luth just stood there like, you see, he was operating outside of his calling. He was operating outside of what God wanted him to do. He was a good defensive coordinator, but he was a lousy head coach. Now, let me tell you something. When there's a body of believers together like this, can't everybody be the head coach? Let me tell you, there are days I'd love for you to be the head coach. There are days I'd like to just call you up on the phone and say, here, why don't you be the head coach today? But I can't do that. Because God has appointed me and anointed me to be the head coach. You can be a great defensive coordinator. You can be a great offensive coordinator. You can be a great singer, teacher, a children's church. You can be great at what your calling is. But the body of Christ works best when everyone knows what their calling is and, and, and will do it 
under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I'm reminded of Job in the Old Testament. You know, he was considered a righteous man, one of the righteous, if not the most righteous man in the nation, in the country. But one day he lost it all. One day it's all gone. He, he lost his children. He lost his home. He lost his cattle. He lost, he lost his health. He lost it all. And here he is, a pitiful mess. But he just kept holding on. And he just kept believing. And he just kept believing that God was going to come through for him. And you know the story. He made it through. He debated with God. He got some knowledge. He matured in his faith. And at the very end of the chapter, he made these statements, this statement. He said, oh, Lord, he said, I have heard of you with the hearing, with the hearing of the ears, but now my eyes see you. And God restored and replenished and helped him not just be what he was, but to become more than he had ever been before. In Bible study two weeks ago, I talked to them about this concept, and I think they're going to put it on the screen. Restoration is a bringing back to a former condition or position. Restoration. A bringing back to a former position or condition. But redemption is to offset the bad effect or to make things worthwhile. Now, here's what I want to say to you, and I said it two weeks ago in Bible study. By the way, you're all invited to Bible study if you'd ever like to try it. It's one of the most exciting nights of the week when we really go deep into the Word of God. You'd love it. Say, well, I don't have time. Well, make time. Come on. Just prioritize it in your life and, and come and join us, and you might be surprised that you like it. But I said, look, there's a difference between restoration and redemption. Restoration just simply means that when bad things happen, God has the ability to bring you right back up to where you were. Now, think about that. You're doing life, and you're just moving along. Everything's good. I've been looking for somebody who could help me do this, but I'm afraid that if you get down in the floor, you might not be able to get back up. <laughs> that might be tough. But you're, you're, you're just doing life, and everything's good. And then all of a sudden, COVID hits, and you know, kind of gets you. And then all of a sudden, your job starts going downhill, and here you go again. And, and, and then something else happens, and something else happens, and what was good at one point is now starting to make you feel a little bit uh, jagged and out of sorts, and you don't know if you're going to make it. And before you know it, all of a sudden, you just fall apart, and you just go down, and, and there's just nothing left. Do you ever feel like that? Yeah. It's just, God, I'm, so, I'm supposed to be blessed. That's right. And everything's gone. It, it's all taken away from me. My, my love life's gone. My, my job's done. My, my kids are gone. They don't like me anymore. It's like I, everything's gone. Right. It's gone. Oh, God. And then the Lord says he's going to restore you. Yeah. And he restores everything that the enemy took from you. And he gives it back to you. And here you are. You're right back where you were before. Why? Because he brought you back to a former position or condition. You're right back where you were six months ago. 
you're right back where you were eight months ago, a year ago. Now listen, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I like restoration. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know if you have a retirement fund and that kind of thing, and it, it's one of those, I don't look at it every day. It scares me to death if I do that. But every now and then you can have this much money, and then you go on and you look, and then you got this much money. You say, oh, Jesus. I don't know, and we forget that it's not our retirement account that's going to meet our need. It's Jesus. My God shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And then the next day it comes back up. And it comes right back where you were, and it's been restored to where it was before. I like restoration. I like getting back where I was. But listen, God has something better for you than just restoration. He wants to redeem the situation that you just went through. He wants to take it back into his control. And when he redeems you, it will offset the bad effect or make it worthwhile that you went through that thing in the first place. Because he's not going to just restore you. He's going to shoot you off in a new direction with more power and authority and knowledge and understanding and wisdom than you ever had before redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, better than ever before. You know, this, this last couple months or whatever, I just, I've been praying. I haven't been discouraged, but I've just been praying for our church and said, Lord, you know, we've, our church has been kind of like that. You know, it, it was down and then up, and then we had, had some people move. We've had them move to Colorado. We've had them move to Indiana. We've had them move here and there and the other, and they're not here anymore, so they're no longer here, and so they're gone. Had some that just didn't feel like they fit here, and so they moved on, and so it's down a little bit more. And, and then the pastor can't keep his mouth shut sometimes, and so people get mad and leave, and that case would go down a little bit more. And, and, and then, you know, and then people just, well, you know, it's it just not all that I thought it would be, and so we go down a little bit more. And then all of a sudden, people just start walking in the door, coming in the door. I don't know that one back there. Praise the Lord, they're coming anyway. I'm looking around the church today and seeing some of you that came, and I didn't even know who you were before you got here, and now I don't know if I could do life without you. I've learned to love you that much. But you, you see, God, here's the work that God does in us. If we will let him, he will not just restore us but he will redeem what we went through. Isn't that what Scripture teaches us? He will take what the enemy meant for evil, and he will turn it for good. What is that? That's redemption. So those of you who've been through it the last couple of years, in whatever way, whatever area of your life, get yourself ready. Start talking. Start saying, you know, I don't know what it is God has, but I know that it's going to be better than it was before. I know that I'm going to be stronger than I've ever been before. I know that my health is going to be better than it ever has before. I know that my marriage is going to be stronger than it's ever been before. I know that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to his power that works in us. Woo! Praise the Lord! So it's our responsibility to explore our faith and ask ourselves, what did this circumstance do? The devil meant for it to tear me down and destroy my faith, but the devil messed up again because all it did was make me stronger. All it did was make me smarter. 
all it did was give me more courage. All it did was help me to desire more than anything to live this life the way that God wants me to live it out. And then you know what the last thing is that we're called to do, and that's to expand the kingdom of God. That's ministry. And this is where so many people get off track. They don't mind expecting the best. and They don't even mind looking at their situation and saying, well, I went through this, but God restored me, and he's redeemed it, and I'm feeling good about myself. But see, it's all about ourselves. But God has not called the church just to be about who we want our church to be. He's called us to ministry. He's called us to reach out. He's called us to reevaluate some of what we've done in the past and maybe look toward the future. I'll never forget last year we decided that we were going to do food trucks out on the, on the front parking lot. And, and, and so, you know, hot dogs and tacos and, uh, and what, what else did we have? I mean, it was good. I liked it. Everybody brought their chairs and said, we have people say, I don't know. I mean, we're not going to do this. I, you know, I'll just stay home, and I don't know. And all the while, we're trying to reach our community. We're trying to be visible to people driving by the front of our church and them coming by and looking and saying, what in the world is that church doing? Well, we're eating hot dogs. That's what we're doing. That's really not all that hard. This is a hot dog with chili on it. I put slaw on it too. Would you like to have I'll buy you one. I mean, it's no big deal. And we started doing it. And after a while, people start saying, oh, I think I'll come too. He said, well, I got to pay money to come and eat at the food truck. I don't know if you know this or not, but if you go get your groceries at the grocery store, you have to pay for them there too. I didn't know if you knew that. That's wisdom. That's a word of knowledge for somebody today. So we come to church and we start eating on the parking lot. We bring our chairs and we sit down. Some of us rock. Some of us just have a good time. Oh, God's good. He's been good to me this week. We just start talking and all of a sudden, People we don't know start pulling up in our parking lot. Is that, can anybody eat here? Oh, yeah, anybody can eat here. And in fact, anybody can eat in there, too, if you want to. You should come back sometime and try it out. We'd love to have you. And we start reaching out in a way that we had not done before. We did the same thing with the school, the same thing with the child care center, where we've got people who now attend our church because they first got connected to us because of children's ministries throughout the week. So what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying God has called us to preach the gospel. This is not about some show that I'm trying to do that's going to end at Easter. This is about the beginning of a burden for men and women and our families and our community who need to have Jesus Christ in their lives. And it's our responsibility to preach the gospel with authority, to preach the gospel in such a way that they can hear it and understand it and I'm so excited about what God has done and what he's going to do what time is it somebody tell me what time it is oh goodness it's 11:50. I, I got nine minutes before I even get before they shut the live stream off on me praise God I can just visit for a minute can I Brandon you up there follow me son I tell you I still got pictures in my phone. Brother Greg getting baptized up there in the old ba baptistry that we used to have until 
the leak came. You, you know who sits back here? Stand up. Let, let everybody know who Greg is. Come on. This is my buddy right here. <laughs> Gave you heart and life to Jesus Christ. And he's been being in this church and supporting this church and bringing his family to this church ever since then. And every now and then, I just get it out. I told you this before. Every now and then, I just get the picture out. And there he is standing in that baptistry with his hands lifted up. And I'm saying, thank you, Jesus. Hey, you still serving people and saving people in Jesus' name. You can be seated. I didn't mean to embarrass you. I'm just glad to do it. This Sean right over here. Sean just came in off the street today. Walking down the street, got here early, decided he was going to sing there in choir practice. He'd been singing with us. He just came along. He's been right here all the time. And I believe that Jesus brought him here for a reason. Sean, I don't believe you're here accidentally. Are you a Christian? You're not? You, would you like to be a Christian? Yeah, well, let me tell you what the Bible says about it. It says that if you will, that if, if you will believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is who he says he is, you can be saved. Do you believe it's that easy? Mm. You do, don't you? I can tell. Amen. Amen. So let me pray with you. Lord, in Jesus' name, Sean's not here by accident. You brought him here. You brought him here. Do you believe Jesus is who he says he is? You do? Would you like to say that? Jesus, mm. you are, Jesus, you are who, the Bible says you are. who the Bible says you are. And you believe that. Amen. Amen. Then it's that easy. You can be become a child of God just that easy. Amen. Amen. Who else here wants to get saved today? Anybody else want to get saved? Some of you people have been here for 14 years. Would you like to get saved today? <laughs> Let me tell you something. God has called us to win people to the kingdom of God. And sometimes you have to take a step of faith, and sometimes you may feel like a crazy person doing it. But let me tell you something. If you'll take a step of, step of faith, God will use you to advance and expand the kingdom of God in your homes and among your family, in the place that you work. You can be the one that when you walk into the room, everybody says, oh, I'm so glad she's here. Oh, I'm so glad he's here because they've made a difference in my life. I want the singers to come back. I, I'm, I'm ready to sing. You want to sing? Anybody want to sing? I tell you what, let's just sing something really down and dark and in the dumps. Go, let, let's say, down in the dumps, I'm going to go. I got the blues, I got the blues, I got the blues. I'm down and I'm out. I'm discouraged and I'm about half dead. I'm going to go meet with all my friends in low places. I got friends in low places. I just sing some old, some old down and out song. Who's, whose bed have your boots been under, baby? Right, let's, just, let's just sing some junk like that. 
sleeping single in a double bed. I, I mean, I can just keep coming up with them, keep coming up with them. Instead, instead of doing that, instead of doing that to ourselves, I'm glad to have you guys back. I don't know what you've done, but you've just energized me somehow. I haven't felt like this in weeks. Step boots, scoot, boogie. Listen, God hadn't called us to that. God hasn't called us to accept the wisdom of the world into our lives. He's called us to exalt his name and to glorify his name and to expect the best and to explore and grow and mature and to expand the kingdom of God. Here's what I want us to sing. I want us to sing. I'm going to have a victory. I'm going to claim a victory. I'm going to get a victory. I don't know if they knew they were going to do this or not, but I want us to sing it. So I want you to stand with me. I'm going to stay right here in the altar because I, I feel like I might start dancing here in a minute. Because I have victory. I believe for victory. I believe it. Come on. Let's sing. Don't take all day, Justin. Start singing. Come on. Sure. Get off your text message. Let's sing.
if you have any kind of ongoing illness in your body, diabetes, heart disease, kidney disease, Parkinson's disease, whatever kind of ongoing disease that you have in your body and you'd like to have a miracle in your body, I believe God is able and still able and willing to do miracles. I want you to come. Come and stand. Come and stand. Prayer team, come and help me. Stretch all the way out there. Stretch all the way out there. I mean, let me tell you something. My dad, who's been in heaven now for several years, was the chief warrior on the face of the earth. He worried about everything. He worried about his blood pressure. He worried about his sugar diabetes. He, he worried about this. He worried about that. Every day, worry, worry, worry. And it stole some of the best years of his life because he spent so much time worrying about what's going on in his body. My mom was just the exact opposite of that. She didn't give a diddly rip what was going on in her body. If she wanted mashed potatoes, she ate them. If she wanted coconut cake, she'd eat it. She believed God to heal her after the coconut cake. She just lived in the fullness of Christ. And don't go home and eat a whole coconut cake. Please, that's not what I'm saying. But here's what I am saying. God don't want, he doesn't want you to worry about things in your life. He doesn't want you to be afraid. We, none of us know how long we're going to live. We could check out of this place today. But I believe the Word of God, and the Word of God tells me that for the child of God, the saint of God, whenever this thing's over, it's just the beginning of what's coming next. And so let's don't worry about the now. Let's expect all that God has for us in the future. Now, there are so many people here today. I'm just going to get some oil, and I'm going to walk by, and I'm just going to put my hand on you. I don't have to pay, play, pray 10 minutes for each one of you. All I got to touch you is in Jesus' name. You bless. You receive it. You receive it and begin thanking God that God's going to work a miracle in your life. All right? Amen, amen, amen. Let's go. Go ahead, Justin. Just whatever you want to do. Let's sing. Let's glorify. Woo, Rosemary, you. Lord, hallelujah. Bring healing, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we pray healing over this individual. Lord, in Jesus' name, this is your child. Heal her body from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray that you will allow Becca's body to, to respond to the healing virtue of God and accept and receive everything that you have for her to the glory of God the Father in Jesus' name. Lord, touch Sandra right now 
in Jesus' name. Bring healing to her body. Remove any pain and discomfort that she may be feeling right now. For your glory, restore unto her the joy of your salvation as she serves you every moment of her life. Lord, touch Jeff today and heal his body. Lord, I know that you are his divine healer. By your stripes, we